everybody. Hi, friends. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, we're going to be talking about secular groups being involved in interfaith organizations. And does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. Are we, do, do we need to be a part of that conversation or can we let them just sort of go off and talk about their imaginary <laughs> friends on their own? Right. feels a little too mm, um, feel goody to me. Sometimes feel good is too feel good. Right? <laughs> and, and that's where this is, I think. Yeah. Hey, before we dive in uh, mm-hmm. to our, to our stories today, I just want to make a, just a quick announcement. Uh, I, my, I, I now have another podcast that has just launched mm. uh, that I'd love for everyone to check out. It's called Data Over Dogma. Oh. Um, and you can find it on all the pod places. We also have a YouTube channel. We're doing it all video as well, which is oh. a nightmare for me. So you'll have to forgive how bad I look in the first oh several episodes. Oh, my God. Do you have to do, like, makeup and stuff? Like No, no. But I, I just I had Get trouble your hair did. I I just had trouble. I struggled. Your outfits you clashed. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> uh, anyway, it, just so that you know what it is, it is a, a, a podcast about biblical scholarship. Oh. Um, but uh, the guy that I do it with, he's a TikTok star. We're going to have him on the show next week. Uh, his name is Dan McClellan. And but he's got uh, he's got the goods. Uh, mm. He he's uh, he's you know, he's a scholar of of the highest order. Mm. And uh, and uh, we just talk about what is and isn't in the Bible. It's totally clear eyed. It is non devotional of obviously because it's me. And uh, <laughs> and I think you guys will find, I think a lot of you, if you're interested in the Bible, you might find it fascinating. So go check it out if you're willing to, because uh, we can use some heavy numbers up front. Uh, and then if you don't like it, you can stop watching. Yeah, totally. Anyway, thanks. All right. Well, Dan, first up, we've got some news of the week that we need to tell each other about and respond to. We need need to get it out there. We need to tell the people some important stuff such as, um, Calvary church in, uh, San Jose, um, the superior court uh, of California judge in Santa Clara, County uh, has ruled that the Calvary Chapel must pay $1.2 million in fines, including interest, uh, for violating public health orders during the COVID 19 pandemic emergency. Uh, This is, I I, I fucking love it. Um, (laughs) Apparently, these guys were like between May 31st, 2020, and May. Uh, 2021. Okay. So that's essentially the first year of the pandemic because you'll recall it was March when lockdown really started happening right in 2020. Um, so not even, so just, just not even two months, right? They couldn't make it two months before they started regularly or uh, holding regular Sunday services, uh, with a, and it sounds like they did like two services a day on Sunday, mm. right? Like mm. that's, that's kind of a thing with a lot of churches Sure. with an average attendance of between 300 and 500 attendees and as well as ha- holding p- prayer gatherings. And they held <laughs> a thousand baptism ceremonies over the oh, course God. of that year, all very much in opposition to the local counties 
health requirements at the time. They shut everything down. It wasn't church. They weren't targeting churches. They shut all group uh, gatherings down, right? As well they should have done. As absolutely as they will. They <laughs> like done. that was the correct choice. Yeah. And these idiots decided yeah. that it was more important to create super spreader events than it was to yeah. uh, to keep people healthy. Um, yeah. So apparently the church uh, had been making... Um, uh, the argument that the public health officer's orders prevented it from exercising its religious freedom, mm. uh, thus violating the Constitution. Uh, but as the Office of the County Council said in a statement, um, quote, it should appear clear to all, regardless of religious affiliation, that wearing a mask while worshiping one's God and communing with other congregants is a simple, unobtrusive, giving way to protect others while still exercising your right to religious freedom. Unfortunately, the defendants repeatedly refused to model, much less enforce, this gesture. Instead, they re repeatedly flouted their refusal to comply with the public health orders and urged others to do so. Who cares what the cost, including death? Yeah. So, um, absolutely, this is good. Their consequences are coming down the pike for these, for these people. And um, only like two years too late. Well, yeah, but also with some perspective and, uh, and, and, you know, it's, they're being made to pay, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Like they, maybe they should have been showing up with, um, SWAT teams and <laughs> shutting this shit down. But we, we know, we know how things were back in the yeah. pandemic and that, that just, it wasn't really how it was going to go down in that moment. Also because the SWAT team, they weren't even getting together, right? Like, right, right. That's a <laughs> gathering and we're not doing that right now. Oh, so Lord. yeah. So $1.2 million. And it doesn't uh, sound like a, that huge of a church. Goodbye, Calvary Church. Yeah, um, yeah it just sounds like a, a church. This is not so, some mega church, right? They, so they don't have two million. Is uh, that's backbreaking. That's not going to be. They're not yeah, I, I, I think that uh, they'll, they'll be they'll be saying goodbye to their to their beloved building, and I don't know. Uh, some or other the right wing will just do a big GoFundMe and suddenly and and or make them a cause celeb, and then they'll or be that yeah bigger than they ever were. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take us to let, look, let's, let's continue, uh, along the lines of, uh, churches in the courts. Oh, okay. Where the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, don't know if you've ever heard of them, uh, better known as the Marmons. Marmons? Uh, there, there has been a ruling issued by the Arizona Supreme Court. Uh, now the, you'll recall that this is the case about the church not reporting child sex abuse that yeah. uh, was that was told to a bishop uh, in confidence by the abuser uh, mm -hmm. and then not reported it to anybody um, and which meant that the abuse of several uh, children continued for years. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, I want to say bad. Uh, I don't. Unconscionable. I, I don't really like the idea of the abuse of children. Uh, call me a maverick. Yeah. And, and, and the idea <laughs> that, uh, that like people outside of the situation were made aware of this and 
all they could think about was their legal um, responsibilities and legal exposure yeah. and PR. Could this harm the That's church? all they could think about, right? Yeah. And there were multiple children being harmed. Whose lives were destroyed. Yeah. 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 Well, these, these children uh, filed this lawsuit, uh, and unfortunately, the, uh, the Arizona Supreme Court has ruled that uh, the, the church does not have to answer questions or Good turn Lord. over any documents. Good uh, Lord. So, so the, the, the lawsuit's kind of hamstrung at that point. Um, the or, attorney for the Adams children who filed the lawsuit said, quote, unfortunately, this ruling expands the clergy privilege beyond what the legislature intended mm-hmm. by allowing churches to conceal crimes against children. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was exactly what the stupid legislature intended. I, how, it, how anyone could think it would be okay. Like, there's no need for the penitent to have secrecy about an ongoing crime that they are committing. Yeah. There's, there's no yeah. compelling need for that. There's no religious need for no. it. It doesn't, it does no one any good. They can repent. They can repent in prison. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> that's part of your repentance is taking ownership of, of what you've done. You would think, right. You would think, yeah. but that's not how religion works. That's not how Christianity works anyway. And certainly not how Mormonism works. Yeah. Um, the church for the for the church's part, they're just chuffed as can be. They're just they're just as pleased as punch by this decision. Uh, they agree with it. They they said it, they did release a statement, uh, in, which did say in part, "We are deeply saddened by the abuse of the, uh, the by the abuse these children suffered. The church has no tolerance of abuse of any kind." Not adding, "We just don't care." Like, if the church has no tolerance of any abuse of any kind, that's a bit of a head scratcher. Yeah. In this case, because it feels like you would report it to the authorities so you could stop it. Yeah. If you didn't the tolerate way to, it, the you way would to stop not it. tolerate it yeah. is to report it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're not reporting it, that's pretty tolerant. Yeah. Pretty pretty tolerant right there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. There you go. Oy, 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 oy. <sighs> That's so gross. All right. Um, Dan. Yeah. Are you familiar with the Gandhi King Mandela Prize? Uh, only because I did see the the story that you're about to tell me. But until <laughs> I, that point, no. Uh, I had never heard of this. Thing. Uh, actually, it's the Gandhi King Mandela Peace Prize. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. This is the first time it's actually been given out. Oh, okay. um, the uh, it's it's um, an honor that's bestowed by Morehouse College, which is a historically black college in Atlanta, and they have chosen as the first recipient of the Gandhi King Mandela Peace Prize. I'm so fucking mad. Th- that is that is Gandhi Gandhi, right? Yeah. Gandhi himself, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., right? Mm-hmm. And Nelson Mandela Peace mm-hmm. Prize. Yes, goes, a prize in those people's name <laughs> goes to drumroll, please. Uh, Russell Nelson, president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, the Fucking Mormons. 
Are you kidding me? <laughs> it is wild. It it's, is. I'm so, so mad. Wild. This. I. I. The. It. I'm. Um. Yeah. So apparently, this. This is uh, the Reverend. Uh, what's his name? Lawrence Edward Carter Sr. of Morehouse College says that President Nelson had inspired quote radical inclusivity and solidarity mm. in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and had remarkably linked arms with the black community. Now it is true that uh Nelson has reached out and uh to groups like the NAACP and let's see the United Negro College Fund <laughs> um as well as um other uh, African-American organizations. Uh, they've given $3 million uh, for scholarships at black, um, or I'm sorry, for black college students in Atlanta. They gave $6 million to help inner city black communities. And mm -hmm. like they, they have done, uh, and this is under, this is true. It is under Russell Nelson's uh, leadership that the support went out. But... <laughs> Uh, I will continue. I will continue. Yeah, um, also, uh, at the uh, at the same event, uh, there they uh, Morehouse College also unveiled new portraits, side by side portraits of uh, Russell Nelson and Abraham Lincoln. Um, oh God! <laughs> on a wall in the Martin Luther King Jr. International Chapel building on campus. Um, I, and this is I'm, again, I can't tell you how angry this makes me. Uh, this is, this is from Reverend Carter, uh, because you Russell Marion Nelson senior carry the light of truth in the great Morehouse leadership tradition, which recognizes the universal Christ and works for universal justice. We are honored to announce you as the inaugural laureate of the Morehouse college Gandhi King Mandela peace prize. I, you know, I wonder if the amount of money that he gave that, like, if he was, if he was allowed to name his own prize, <laughs> I, no kidding, no kidding, because honestly, like you don't get, I, I, I'm not going to call that particular man a racist. No, I don't know. No. Yeah. I don't, I don't think but, that, but that institution yeah. Uh, the the institution that he runs mm -hmm. still wildly racist and does nothing about it. Right. Does not do anything to like shock that shock its own system. Uh it it's just it is such a farce. Yeah. To say that a, a leader of the Mormon Church could be anything but a participant in racism. Well, and I just feel like um the church might have helped prepare Reverend Carter's uh, comments because he, uh, he, he says th these are also his words um, said uh, president Nelson had worked tirelessly to build bridges of understanding rather than create walls of segregation and is a worthy successor to Joseph Smith as an, and this is, this is 
a quote, as an internationally recognized medical, medical scientist, revered president, prophet, seer, and revelator for the 17 million member church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you have continued the legacy of Joseph Smith, founder of the Latter-day Saints movement, and the first nationally recognized leader, religious leader in the United States to advocate for the freedom of enslaved Africans by affirming racial and ethnic equality and running for the American presidency on a political platform of compensation emancipation. Hmm. <laughs> I just feel like the P the church's PR department was instrumental in writing that statement. I, There's I, just too many of their most favorite little things in yeah, there. A hundred percent. Like, like you're absolutely right. He got to name it. Yeah. He got to write what the person giving it to him said so forth. And so on. Like, you know, this was bought me, and paid for this yeah, award. I, I think so. Yeah. I, I don't want to, you know, question the, the motives or even, or the ethics of, you know, a historically black college. Sure. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I know how these, uh, nonprofit organizations work. I know how, yeah. uh, how the begging for money of such a thing, uh, happens and, I, yeah. Well, and you know, I'm just mad. I'm just mad about it. Morehouse college is the real deal. Like it's a, it's a great school. Yeah. And, um, and they, they know how to play the game, right? Like, I don't think that's besmirching anybody to point out how the game is played. Right. And frankly, that is a, as good a place for the fucking Mormon money to go as any. So you know what? Yeah. Absolutely. Like if if this is their, their cause, it is a cause that needs more money and they've got it. Like they got a lot of it. So great. Yeah. Great. I, I, you know, if he, I, I'm going to make this a, a public announcement. If Russell Nelson decides to give, thank God I'm atheist $4 million, (laughs) we will give him The Jesus Muhammad, uh, uh, Krishna, everybody good in the world award, right? For excellence in everything, right? Yeah, totally. You name you listen. You name the award. We will present it. We will give the speech you want us to give. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We will not. The- we will not bring up Brigham Young. Yeah. Or any of the the horrible racist presidents of the church that came after. We will literally um, say out loud that we disavow everything that we have just said on this podcast about how racist <laughs> the church is, and we will we will say out loud that the church is not racist at all, and uh, and is actually has actually always been great for everybody. Yeah, and we will officially sign off. Yep. Yeah. Because yep. so, we can. Uh, we, you and I, Dan. Let's. Yeah. You get two, I get two. I think we'll be fine. Yeah. That we are that mercenary. <laughs> Hit us up, Rusty. We're waiting for the call. Uh all right. Uh I'm going to take us to the Holy Land mm, and, so and in this holy. case so in holy. this case not uh Salt Lake City. Uh, <laughs> so this is a, we're talking Jerusalem. We talked was it last week? We talked about the Holy Land and uh-huh, yeah. All the all the uh the the rumblings and the 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 various uh I think it was last week. 
Last Who week, can? Weeks ago. I can't keep track. Who of can it. tell? <laughs> anyway, look, there's a lot of beef going on over there in Jerusalem between the the Jewish population and the Muslim population. Yeah, but what you, what you don't hear about is the Christian population because they're so uh, peaceful, Dan. <laughs> because they are the true religion of so peace. So well behaved. Uh, no, it's because they're a tiny minority and they're just trying not to get squashed. Uh, <laughs> but unfortunately they genuinely are kind of getting squashed. Uh, this is what happens when you get an insane right wing nationalist government. Mm. Um, Benjamin Netanyahu's like na- Jewish nationalism is as ugly as it gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's getting it. So, and he's, Basically, you know, like Trump did here, he's providing cover for a lot of fucking hatred out there. Yeah. And so this is one of those rare instances where I will grant that uh, Christians are persecuted because there's only, there's only like, I think, what is it? 17,000? I know I have it here somewhere. 15,000 roughly Christians in Jerusalem right now. Strangely, the majority of them are Palestinians. I did not know that. That did is you know that? I did not know that. No. no. Huh. Weird. Um, anyway, Christian edifices, uh, Christian controlled churches and everything, you know, like for instance, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, uh, where many Christians believe that Jesus was crucified, though that's probably absolutely not true. Um, <laughs> the, you know, these these places are getting vandalized. There are increasing attacks against uh against these spaces and whatever. The delightfully named uh, Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem. This is someone who was appointed by the Vatican to sort of be uh, their their voice in in the Holy Land. Um, his name is Pierre ba- ba- Pierre Batista Pizzaballa. <laughs> Which Pizzaballa? It's got to be fake, right? An AI <laughs> must have written this. I don't know. I don't know how I got an AI written article in um, in my legitimate um, sources, but there's no one named Pizza Balla, which I have to say it like that. I apologize. I didn't even want to do this story, but I can't not do it because his name is Pizza Balla. <laughs> Pierre what? Pierre? Pierre Batista. Pierre Batista. Okay. Pier, yeah, Pierre Batista Pizzaballa. <laughs> Father Pizzaballa, uh, uh. who said that the frequency of the attacks, uh, the aggression uh, of the frequency of these attacks, these aggressions has become something new. Mm. Uh, they're already, they've already had more sort of uh, inc- incidents of, uh, of, of attack, uh, you know, things, things like, graffiti and whatever uh yeah yeah they've already had more this year than there were all of last year and we're only in april so it's getting it's going to get worse it's going to continue to get worse and worse um the uh the the people who are the i want to say colonizers but that's not right what do they call it what, what do they call the uh, settlers the settlers thank you i'm like mm, i don't yeah the the whole israeli settlement movement uh, has been completely galvanized. Uh, mm-hmm. Many of the many of the high-ranking officials in the uh, the government there now are far-right people, including like people who have been 
convicted of of criminal behavior and stuff. But yeah, the the Israeli government is now populated by people who are uh, totally willing to turn a blind eye mm. to to violence against non Jews and. Uh, and, and so that's the thing that's happening. There you go. Isn't that just lovely? Yeah. We're a lot of fun. You know, it, look, the Jews have been persecuted so much for so long. It's their turn. That's sick. The, 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 the way that you make it right is by then inflicting it on someone else. Yeah. It's a, it's like, it's kind of a perversion of turning the other cheek. <laughs> that's right. Right. Like. Yeah, anyway. All right, Dan. News from Minneapolis, Minnesota, here in these United States, Dan. Yeah. They, oh, God, this had better not become a national trend among, like, liberal cities. Um, I will be very, very disappointed if this comes to Salt Lake. Um, Minneapolis has, in a unanimous city council decision, they are amending the city's noise ordinance to allow... For the Muslim call to prayer, 365 days a year. Oh, my God. So they're... Are they allowed to do it any time, like five times a day? Five times a day. So let's say that this was Salt Lake City. I looked up the times for the call to prayer here. Uh, The first call to prayer today uh, was at 529 a.m., and um, there will be another one at 1:28 p.m., one at 5:11 p.m., 8:07 p.m., and 9:27 p.m. Get the fuck out of here! Um, Absolutely not with that five in the morning shit. No. <laughs> in Minneapolis, there are times of the year because they are obviously further north uh, that it is essentially five in the morning that this will be happening, and uh, apparently. They were allowing a year-round broadcast last year of the call to prayer, but only between uh, their, their their normal noise ordinance rules, right? So yeah. it, as long as the calls to prayer were between 7 a.m. and 10 p.m., they were allowing it. Um, but uh, they have decided because, and this is interesting, uh, apparently Minneapolis has a very large uh, Muslim community. Uh, three of the 13 members of the city council identify as Muslim and uh, they have, yeah, they have this large East African immigrant community uh, that has been growing since the 1990s. And uh, yeah, according to uh, the executive director of the Minneapolis chapter on the council of American Islamic relations, the constitution doesn't sleep at night. But I do, right? But I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shut yeah. up. Like, like you're, you're right to uh, believe and to mm-hmm. be Muslim and nobody like. Get I'm, up I'm and not, pray whenever the fuck you want to. Absolutely. Especially in an era of, oh, I don't know, alarm clocks. Um, Set your fucking Apple watch, dude. <laughs> I would rather provide alarm watches for the entire Muslim community out of my tax dollars (laughs) than be awoken by at five in the morning by someone hollering into a microphone. It's just absolutely fucking outrageous. Um, Imam Muhammad Dakuli, 
uh, from one of the mosques in Minneapolis, uh, says Minneapolis has become a city for all religions. <sighs> Great. Oh, no. Yeah, it already was. Yeah. All the, like, it already was. You don't yeah. have to create noise pollution at <laughs> 5 fucking 30 in the morning. Yeah, some of this us don't f- have regular jobs and we like to sleep in a little bit. 5.30 is, like, I have a regular job. I'm not about right. 5.30 in the morning. I know, yeah. Like, this is, like, like what the fuck? Yeah. Like, like also, also, like, 5.30 and then this huge gap until 1.30? And then they start to ramp up until 9. I mean, I don't even care so much about the 9.30 p.m. one. Like, I don't want to hear this shit, period. And here's the deal. Like, we need to understand that our secular government, right, does not need to be allowing these kind of things, right? Yeah. Like, like we, the, what's important is that all the, all the different churches and religions and whatnot are treated the same. Fairly. Right. Yes. And yes. so the church bells at the nearby mm-hmm. cathedral, they shouldn't be tolling at 530 in the morning either. Right. Mm-mm. And Mm-mm. they probably aren't, right? I don't know. I don't know what the schedule is for bell tolling in Minneapolis, but um, they probably aren't. They probably aren't ringing at six in the fucking morning, right? And so it's just yeah. like, uh, here's what I think needs to happen. I think the Satanic Temple needs to get a uh, yeah. a space not too far from a le- from from a few state legislators' uh, yeah. homes. Yeah. And they need to start blaring, you know, uh, death metal yeah. at, at four in the morning. Yeah. There has to be a balance. And right now this is like, like we have the psycho, right? Yeah. Religious right in this country. And yeah. then we have a liberal city council. I just have to guess it's a fucking liberal city council here. It's just like, oh, well, yeah, we have, we have to treat the Muslims equally and we have to give them this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, it's not unequal to say, hey, we, we don't, we don't want you to be so loud. Yeah. You can do it between these hours, but this is, people are sleeping, man. They're, and, and, and like the majority of the people in the city aren't getting up for prayer. Right. Right. Like. Like, even if it was the majority, like, that's just even if abuse, it is the majority, right? Yeah. Like, don't, don't. This is, this is the land. This is the era of alarms. Yes. Every, your, your fridge can wake you up at yeah. 530 in the morning. I'm your, sure everything you have can wake you up. I'm sure you could find an alarm clock <laughs> that does the call to prayer. Yeah. Right. That's like satellite set by satellites. It knows where it is because the thing is. It does change every day, right? Mm. This is all solar and lunar or whatnot, right? So like, yeah, um, the, the, the GPS enabled. Yeah. Something or other. That's fine. That's fine. <clears throat> it, we have the technology. You yeah. don't have to fi- like, look at your table and like set the, it will wake you at precisely the right time. It will do a better job than that guy yelling. Oh God, Dan. Like, I just think about like, if that happened next to my house. Can you imagine living next to a mosque and then all of a sudden they're allowed to do this? Like <laughs> I would, I would, I would, I think I would just not enjoy it. I have to assume that property values around mosques that are allowed to do this would, would go down. Yeah. Right? 
Like, or maybe they go up but sell only to Muslims. Maybe, but like but no. that no, gets go down. that gets really fucking weird. Yeah, uh, you definitely don't put that in the listing. I'll I'll say that much. <laughs> All right. Well, wake up every morning to the beautiful <laughs> the beautiful call to prayer. Mm. There's free music every morning and <laughs> afternoon and evening. All right. Uh, a uh, I'm going to take us now to the Utah Arizona border. Okay. A uh, little little town known as uh, Colorado Short Creek is Short what Creek. It is, is is what the locals call it. Right. It's actually two different towns: Colorado City, Hilldale. And what's the other one? And what isn't it? Hilldale. Hilldale, yeah. Uh, Colorado City's on the Arizona side. Hilldale's on the Utah side. Uh, together, they make the former stronghold of the fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's the other group that still po- practices the polygamy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the regular Mormons uh, would very much like you not to associate these people with them. Uh, <laughs> I'm fine with you associating them with them. Anyway, uh, there has been a, a bit of a do, a bit of a stink down there. So in order to tell this story properly, I got to back up a little bit and tell you the story of self-declared prophet Samuel Bateman, uh, <clears throat> who had, who is alleged to have at least 20 wives, so you know oh. he's successful, <laughs> and who was arrested fairly recently because he... Uh, Someone saw little child fingers poking out of a trailer that he was hauling. Oh, I remember this. Uh, he was he was somehow trafficking children. These yeah. are kids basically in an unventilated trailer that he was hauling through Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, yeah, and, horrifying. And yeah, that that's an alarming thing. Yeah. Um, this is and this is a group that is notorious for marrying off underaged girls to 50 some 50 year old men it it is they 50 is how gross. dare you dan they're usually 70 yeah well they yeah they can be any any age the men can be any age uh and the the these little these girls are not even you know oftentimes they're in their early teens it's sometimes so earlier than that it's so gross it's very bad and here's the thing uh everyone in the community is so inured they're so they're so uh locked into this mindset into this uh belief system that they all uh they all grant consent to this including the women of this uh of of this cult so when these you know when he was arrested and then his kids from many of his wives were taken away and put into foster care. Uh, of course, the uh, the 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 mothers raised holy hell about it. Um, they are now uh, several of them. The wives that is are facing federal charges, uh, including the most recent one, one Josephine Barlow Bistline, who who is I guess the fourth woman associated with Samuel Bateman who is facing federal charges after threatening someone at child protective services. Oh, so, or the Arizona department of child safety. Right. This is a case manager 
And uh, according to the criminal complaint, <clears throat> Bistline told the case manager uh, uh, apparently uh, that she I, there was a, an email that was sent uh, that was saying she was going to be sent to prison where she would live on a ventilator and people would have to help her breathe and clean up after her. What? So that counts as a threat. Yeah. Uh, Holy fuck. These are these are the good godly people of <laughs> uh, of polygamy. So. There you have it. It's all all religion is not great, but fundamentalist religion is uh, just leads to violence and uh, and horrificness. So that's fun. Probably shouldn't have closed off on that story, but yeah. I did. It's not the pattern we usually do, Dan. No, it's not. <laughs> I I accidentally got them in the wrong order, but that's but we're going with it. That's what it is. So. Take that and run with it. If you would like to write in and tell me how awful that was for you, uh, for me to have done that, or just to talk about this or any of the stories that we've talked about, feel free to write into us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message and chew us out. The telephone number is <laughs> 424-666-8442. Stick around. There's more show coming up. Well, Frank, Dan, uh, do you remember the name? You probably don't remember the name Rachel Ham. Uh, she was a mm. she was a she presented herself as a candidate, I think, for the California Secretary of State. I think it was Secretary of State. Anyway, she uh, she failed in that attempt. She's a far right nut job uh, Trump lover, and now. <laughs> she doesn't know what to do with herself. Uh, but she has appeared on. <laughs> apparently Roger Stone has a show the stone zone it is the stone zone uh <laughs> on Lindell TV oh god somehow associated with frankspeech.com uh, oh, which golly. is not about you so it's not a good one right right, right. i i'd support a show a a a a, dot com, a website that was just about talking about you on the yeah. show. Oh, on thanks, it. Dan. No, I love that the logo for Lindell TV, d- downright Nazi-ish. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I mean, it's got a, it's got a sort of a weird curving American flag with a cross in it. I don't. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty gross. Very, very weird. Anyway, uh, Rachel Ham has some things to say about well, where she's going in her future and why. You have talked to me about uh, pulling up stakes coming to Florida, uh, putting your own political ambitions aside, because you and I agree uh, that the election of Donald Trump in 2024 may be the last best hope for freedom uh, and the survival of this nation. Um, Tell me what your current thinking is. Yes, I absolutely think that right now it's an all hands on deck situation to save the country. And the best way that we can do that is by supporting Donald Trump, because I can tell you that it is very clear to me that the God in heaven, the God of creator, the the God and creator of heaven and earth has anointed Donald Trump to be president, period. Now, because of that, because I feel so strong about that, I believe that it is my obligation to do everything I can do to support him in order to support the country, in order to support God's agenda. And I, I really, I know that's an extreme thing, um, I don't really care that that's an extreme thing. It's very true to to what I believe. 
And so at this point, what I have done is after running for secretary of state, I, I through a lot of prayer and a personal assessment with my family, we really explored what is the most effective thing I could do right now to help save the country. And I concluded that it was supporting the president and, and quite honestly, any role that would be most effective for him in the country. I think that the media, I think that being press secretary is an excellent role for me. I'm very strong. I would really love to have a chance to meet with some of those reporters in the press room and, you know, kind of like nail their heads to the wall. I think that'd be really fun in support of the president. <laughs> be very fun. It'd be so much fun to be a press secretary. Uh, so, Ooh. wow. It, it's not often that you get to hear someone pitch themselves for a role in a, you know, in a presidential cabinet or whatever, uh, live on a show. Right. Somebody completely unqualified. Oh, well, I don't know. Frankly, qualifications don't seem to matter to the Trump administration. So, <laughs> so she, oh yeah, take her. She's every bit as, I love that she kept saying, I want to support the president. I want to, I was like, really? I don't, I, I don't think you know who's president right now. <laughs> Cause I don't think you want to. Right. I think, I think you don't want to do that. <sighs> so there you go. Uh, we'll stop talking about Trump and politics when it stops being a cult. Yeah. And when it stops, yeah. When the religious so right stops threatening us with him. It's pretty <laughs> spooky. It's pretty gross. Uh, there you go. Yeah. It's a threat. Yeah. It's a threat. All right. Well, we had some wonderful people write into us and call into us. Uh, I'll get us started with Sarah who wrote in to say, dear Frank and Dan, love the show. Uh, been a supporter for a few months now. Thank you, Sarah. Hmm. My sister-in-law invited my family, uh, kids at six and eight to her son's baptism age seven mm. on Easter Sunday. Mm. Now I don't take my kids to church and I can't imagine Easter being their first exposure. We didn't go, but she said we should at least watch it on YouTube because we would be blessed if we did. Ew, they stream it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know Ew. what denomination this is, but yeah, not great. So my husband and I watched uh. the minister told my nephew, we were all sinners and then used a metaphor of a glass of water with a splash of dog pee in it oh, to God. explain how no one would want to drink the water because it was dirty. Someone would have to do something about it. That's in quotes. Uh, it, it just makes me so sick. I'm sure she is, she is upset we didn't come, but I can't believe he has, exposed, he, he has been exposed to that. Yeah. Like... So no. much of Christian rhetoric is inappropriate for children. Yeah. And like psychologically deleterious. Like the yeah. number of people that you hear about who are, uh, you know, who have to go to therapy because they're traumatized by, you know, visions of hell yeah. and, and, and thinking that the, you know, rapture anxiety, just any number of crazy thoughts that uh, that may or may not even be biblically based, but right. man, people feel totally comfortable. Yeah, telling well, these kids these horror stories. I remember being eight, right, and mm. uh, being uh, sort of prepared for baptism, mm. right, and being told that I was a sinner and everything. And I honest, honest to God, I was just like, I was like, I don't, 
I don't really feel like I'm a sinner. Right. I don't, that's not how, that's not sort of how I, I see myself. Right. Um, it's like, you guys know I'm eight, right? Yeah, there was kind I'm of just, that too. I, I'm a child. I was like, what? A, whatever mischief I might get up to, I don't know that it's sin. Like, I, I remember <laughs> having like this little bit of self-awareness where I was just like, I was like, huh, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, interesting. But, but, but internalizing the idea nonetheless, yeah. right? Well, and the way the Mormons set it up, <sighs> they, they, they sit you down, the bishop sits you down in a very important interview and says... You know, after this, your sins will be washed clean, meaning after your baptism, your sins will be washed clean. And after that, everything counts. Yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck. Then don't do it yet. Give me more time. Yeah. I remember. (laughs) Let's postpone this until I'm 40 and then we'll do it. (laughs) And then we'll wash all those sins away. Because I've heard about some stuff that I'm kind of interested in. Yeah. Uh, I need I need to try some shit before we uh before we do the the grand cleansing. <laughs> oh, how risky that would be, Dan, to live that way. Oh my god. Did you know that the Mormon church they used to do rebaptisms what? and just re rewash people away? What? No. That happened a lot in the early Mormon church. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So it should be. Yeah. Right? Like just go down for your weekly baptism. Yeah. I mean, it say three. It's the it's the equivalent of three Hail Marys yeah. and four Our Fathers or whatever. Go have a big, you know, Friday, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. Get baptized. Be yeah. good for the rest of the week. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we have a voicemail, do we not? We do indeed, Dan. This is from Donnie. He's a uh, a lot of you will recognize the name Donnie from Mount Shasta. He's calling uh, in response to our story about Michelangelo's David, uh, the idea of nudity and. Uh-oh. Nudity itself is a sin. I mean, so. obviously. <laughs> hey guys, it's Donnie, Mount Shasta, California. I was um, listening to the episode about pornography versus nudity, about the whole Statue of David thing, and I just had kind of a funny little snippet. Um, when I was younger, my mother, my very Mormon mother, like was so appalled that I was actually the model for an art class that was doing nudes at the uh, University of Utah, actually. And she thought that I was just bearing everything and she called it porn and was completely appalled that I was doing it. Now, little did she know I had been performing in some adult films for quite some time and I'm sitting at the table with my entire family and my older sister goes, goes to say, I can see it in her face that she's about to be like, well, what are you so worried about? He's been in. And I looked at her like I was going to kill her. And she's like, Oh, she's, he's done this plenty of times. And my mom's like, I just can't believe it. I raised you better than that. You don't uncover yourself in front of other people. That's only for you and God to see. And I, w- I just thought it was so funny. But anyway, hope you guys are having a good one. And uh, as always, love the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's <Donnie>. amazing. Uh, <laughs> no, mom, that's the tame stuff. Yeah. That's... You don't want to know about the stuff you should be horrified by. <laughs> you, that's Aww. that's the that's the easy one. Oh, your Mormon mom. Oh, bless her. Bless her heart. <laughs> were were your parents Frank? Were your parents prudish about art? Um, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Like let me nudity. Think. Like I don't remember any time in like any museum where there was nudity. Them being 
childish about it or anything. Like, okay, because um, that doesn't strike me like, as a universal Mormon experience. I think I think yeah. a lot of Mormons are are cool with it. Well, and 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 there's, you know, like it's hard to fully pin my parents down because they're converts, right? right. Yeah. And so like they had their own things. That they, I mean, they were. You know, like, boy, howdy, anything that made a movie PG, whatever it was that made the movie PG-13, <laughs> my parents were very upset about always, right? Yeah. Um, but I think in the right context, they just, they had a hard, they sort of knew that it was hard to object to the art. I, I would think, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, um, not that they were so into art, but just like, maybe that the would just expose them as unsophisticated or something right interesting to, to be so prudish about the art i have no idea to you be can honest. see it you can see a boob in a gallery but if one comes on a, a, a in a movie you've been, you've sinned you're you're in trouble every boob in its correct place right yes exactly <laughs> I'll, let's let's keep the boobs to their correct places. where they belong <laughs> Uh, all right. This is from Alexandra who writes, Hey, Frank and Dan on the topic of holy places. Aren't the Abrahamic religions famous for believing in an omnipresent God? So if their God is absolutely everywhere, how can one place be holier than another? Uh, yeah, oh, this is, no, this is no, sort logic, of reference. logic, logic and reason, <laughs> logic yeah, and reason. It doesn't. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to, to add those to use logic and reason. Uh, it, Alexandra goes on, uh, isn't, it isn't like the ancient Roman or Greek beliefs where their gods were finite in power and had temples or mountains where, where they were, where they supposedly lived. Um, yeah, that would make a little more sense to believe that God's private residence is holy and should be respected by going and begging him for wishes from his front yard. <laughs> But I know that yes. at least in evangelical beliefs, the church is more of an abstract concept of the people rather than the buildings. Hmm. Yet even they get into the stupid sacred places battle. I recently saw a lady going off in the comment section of a video about a prank in a church, and she was big mad about them disrespecting God's house. Hmm. Uh, and this one, this little bit nugget is cute. Uh, also, since TGIA podcast is a religion with priests and teachers and a Lord and savior <laughs> is your studio a most holy place for us while also being the least holy place for Islam. <laughs> I think so. That's fine. Yeah. I'm okay uh, we're, we're not, we're not going to tell you where it is. Uh, you, you may not don't come as, as, uh, as, uh, uh, pilgrims to it, but uh, yeah. no, no, I think that's right. Yeah. So, uh, thank you. And, uh, Alexandra signs off Hail Sagan. I love that. That's great. <laughs> so do we have any people to thank? We do, Dan. We have a couple new patrons over on Patreon. Uh, these kind folk are chipping in. Uh, they decided to become deacons. Uh, we Ooh. have uh, Captain Basil uh, as uh, <laughs> as uh, one of the new deacons. Yes. And, uh, and George as the other new deacon. Well, congratulations, so, both of you, for on your newfound magic powers. <laughs> uh, and uh, and if you'd like to join them, you can go to our website, thankgodimatheist.com, and click on the support tab. And there's, yeah. op there's options there. And then we have, as always, our top donor to thank, Dan, the fabulous duo that I'm calling 
Melger! Melger! <laughs> Our Lord and Saviors this, this week again. Uh, thank you so much. More show coming up. Hey, Dan. Yes, sir. You, you came to me with this idea. Um, yeah. Uh, because you had heard about or read about some, uh, some secular groups that have been participating in interfaith groups or organizations. You know, because this is a thing. Interf- like these interfaith groups exist where you get, you know, a couple Mormons, a couple Jews, a couple Catholics, yeah, couple Baptists, some, some Christians, some Muslims. Yeah. You get, you, you, you get a, they all walk into a bar. Yeah. And, uh, they, and they, they get together and they talk about the issues that, that, that they all care about, I yeah. suppose. And, I don't know. And, I've never been to one. I have no idea. And they um, do some activist work. Sure. So, you know, there are, there are uh, interfaith uh, or groups and organizations that, you know, will lobby for specific things and whatever. Yeah. You, you know, they find these points of alignment. Right. Uh, and it seems like. You know, I'd rather they all be, or not, it's not all of them, unfortunately, but like, I'd rather some of them, a few representatives of them get into a room every once in a while, uh, than that they all just hate each other. It's a far better thing. Yes. Um, it's meant sort of in the spirit of, of, uh, cooperation and peace and ecumenicalism. Yeah. Yeah. The, the question is, where do we fit into that? Because here's the thing. As of right now, I think, and you know, this article was in the uh, the Religion News Service. It start it sort of opened with uh, a, a, a an atheist who wanted to give the invocation at a, the Arizona State uh, Representative, whatever, you know, on, okay. on the opening day of the legislative session. Oh, uh oh, uh, and and so this atheist oh. I guess she was, uh, she is a, a, re- a representative there. Uh, she, and she delivered the invocation and, uh, and, you know, did not invoke a higher power. And then was, uh, was basically, uh, told that she, she hadn't done it. And, and it was, uh, it, it, <sighs> she'd failed. Yeah. She to, basically, to she invoked correctly. She invoked humanity instead of a uh, magic person in the sky. Uh, she said, remember the humanity that resides within each of us, blah, blah, blah. How uh, dare and she? apparently that violated the rules of the Arizona state house. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. They actually had a rule that, that apparently like, that no, you must call upon God. Yeah. Uh, and here's the thing. Uh, you know, the story is about sort of Christians and Muslims and people standing with, uh, this, this woman, Salman, her name, uh, is, uh, Athena Salman. And, uh, and apparently, you know, the, a bunch of, of religious leaders stood by her. And I think that that's great. Hmm. Um, and as long as politics and religion are as deeply intertwined as they are in this country, I mm-hmm. think we kind of have to be in those spaces. Oh, really? This is my thinking. I feel like we have to be part of this conversation. We are the fastest growing uh, demographic, in religious demographic in uh, the country. Mm-hmm. 
And I feel like we, we, while this is such a dicey moment for, for religious freedom and the freedom of the non-religious, mm-hmm. we need to be in all of those rooms. As long as, Dan, it's not just one atheist group that's in the room. Well, that's the, that's the because problem, there's right? not just one Christian group in the room. Yeah. Right? There's like, we need the American humanists in the room. We need the American atheists in the room. We need one of us. In the yeah. <laughs> Both of us. Both of in us. In all of the rooms. In, 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 in the rooms. You and no, I. But like, Frank they, and Dan, they get all pers- these different colors and shades of, of what religious is. Right. So the room is just filled with, you know, all of these, these religious representatives. Right. And what one atheist walks in. Right. When we're what percentage of the country now? Right. Well, like, like, yeah, yeah the, you're right. But if we're going to be nuns in the room, are like almost 30% or something like then that, we, then we need some nuns in there. Right? Yeah. The nuns we need, need to be a need, third of that room. Yeah. So we need a couple atheists. We need an agnostic. We, we need, need agnostic. We don't, <laughs> we don't need. Sorry. <laughs> We have, anyone anyone know, who's, I, who's I, using I, that word, we don't need. They, <laughs> they've abdicated any position taken. Oh, this is such a known button, Dan, that I can just push. <laughs> and then Dan recording goes. No, no, we, but, but you're right. We like. Agnostic's not a thing. <laughs> it doesn't it's exist. Fine. It's fine. Uh, Everett, no, I believe that everybody's agnostic. Uh, oh, that's right. That's your, your thing. I've tuned it out so many times now, Dan. You, yes. <laughs> you're really good at tuning out what I say. You're, you're, you're quite good. You're, you're quite adept. No, but <laughs> the point is, right? Like, like we need, we need as many non-believers in there that yeah. sort of makes sense, right? Like, they're overrepresented in these groups. Oh my God. Right. Like if, if there's, if, if you were to include an, an atheist in the, in this thing, right? Like if, if, if that organization was as open-minded enough as to allow an atheist in, then they need to be allowing in a bunch. Yeah. Right. And it needs to be an uncomfortable number for them. Yeah. Right? That's um, probably true because they I mean, feel so good. The ones that do allow the atheists in, they feel so good about themselves. Right. right. <laughs> They're so proud. Yeah. Look at, look at what we're doing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think it would shock the world if, if we as non-believers, as the unaffiliated were adequately represented in, in the political sphere as well as in the uh, in the conversations about faith. Oh yeah, it like I, I don't think I don't think anybody has a sense of it. I, no. I like if if any of these rooms were a third non-believers, oh they would gosh. be shocked by what they heard. Yeah, and we are so incredibly far from that, and so far from it, and we are not taking up that space. As you know, we we. Are you know we're not uh, voting in visible ways. We're not showing up in in way in ways to to take up that space. You and I, Frank, we talk to our people. Mm-hmm. Like this show is by us for us, right? Um, but it is not. But it is not uh, getting out into the broader uh, sphere. 
Yeah, that's true. It's that's not the and that's not the point of this show. But shows like this aren't contributing to sort of uh, the visibility of atheists in the world, in no, in, in our country. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. I do hope for a time. I kind of crave a time when you know when things work as they should. When government is entirely secular. Mm-hmm. And we can just say, no, you faith people, y- you can have your spaces and uh, and have your interfaith things. We don't need to be a part of that. Off you go. It's fine. <laughs> have fun over there. Tell oh. us what you come up with. Oh, look how cute. Yeah. I these, long for these that. These deluded people off thinking they're solving <laughs> problems. No, that was your word, not mine. <laughs> uh, but... But yeah, I mean, like, I long for the time when I don't have to be a part of that. You guys go off and have your club. <laughs> and uh, and and I'm definitely, because I'm not a part of that. I don't have a faith. I don't believe in a religion. Right. And so, like, I kind of don't really belong in those conversations, except that you keep inflicting it on me. Right. Well, and where else do we go to have, like, where else could we go to have any kind of conversation with uh, with those people yeah right with those groups right who 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 desperately need some exposure to non-believers yeah right? they, they they desperately need it they need to see good people showing up this week on the the frank and dan diaries we talked about you dan showing up as a volunteer for a flooding thing that was happening in your neighborhood right yeah and then it was mostly like mormons who were showing up to like fill sandbags and and whatnot and it's just important that we show up right that 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 sense of community isn't owned by them right right? and i kind of i've kind of drifted a little bit here but like um, I think that's an important part of this, right? Well, what you've is, made me realize, Frank, is mm-hmm. that what I should have done as I was sort of filling sandbags uh, to to help with this flood is I should have climbed up onto the top of the sand pile and yelled, just so that you guys know, I'm atheist uh, and I'm still doing this. So I just wanted you guys, all you Mormons, to know that it's not just you here. Uh, I want visibility. Well, what we need are t-shirts when we show up for these things. Right? That's right. what I should have done is put on an atheist t-shirt and then yeah. uh, and then been sure that everybody saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see? Did you see? Huh? Huh? <laughs> huh? Uh, my boobs are down here. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, uh, I mean, that's not exactly what I'm. No, I know, I know. The, the trick, the, but again, it's a trick the, of visibility, right? Yeah. It is one of those things where, and that is why atheist organizations are important mm-hmm. still. It's, which is so funny because we're not a monolith. Atheism mm-hmm. is not a monolith. Uh, right. We don't have an organizing set of beliefs. Mm-mm. We are organized around a, a couple of things that we don't believe, which is a very weird reason to organize. <laughs> but at this moment in history, it's really kind of important. Yeah. So, I don't know. Go join a group. Get out there and uh, and do some stuff and be visible. I guess. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I I think we should push for uh, for the non-believers to be in the interfaith spaces uh, where we can. Yeah, 
I think so. Start doing some outreach. I think that's that's the key. Print up some t-shirts. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A sure. sign. Wear, wear a sign. You know, like the atheist group of whatever town or community or whatnot. Like if you guys meet, like, and I'm, and a lot of these groups do volunteer, right? Mm-hmm. Like wear a t-shirt as yeah. they probably already do, right? Like, yeah. You and I have been given t-shirts by some of those organizations and I I love them. I know. I wore mine out. Yeah. They were great. But anyway. So there you go. Uh, If you would like to participate in this conversation, tell us about your group and what you're doing to, to be a part of the of the interfaith conversation Mm -hmm. or, or suggest ways that people can get involved. I'd love to hear it right into us. Podcast at thankgodimatheist.com or call and tell us about it. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGI Atheist, and click the like button. And if you'd like to join one of our members-only lounges, um, you can do so. Uh, go to our website, thankgodimatheist.com slash members-only. We're on Facebook yeah. and Discord. Indeed. Thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We sure do appreciate you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.